Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports, Bros Pod. A uh, lot going on in the sports world, NBA playoffs, uh, some other things, but um, uh, Bill's not going to join us today. He had an emergency issue he's, he has to deal with. I'll let, you, I'll let him explain it if he wants to uh, next week. <laughs> if he wants to, that's what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I can empathize. I can empathize. I hear you. Goodness. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you uh, wanting for, for that info uh, <laughs> next week. Uh, as always, joined by my great co-host, Nabate Isles, the Grammy Award-winning Nabate uh, Isles. I had to throw that in there. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Doing well, thank you. And we're going we're gonna to get into sports, but uh, today we got a very, very special guest, especially for you hip-hop fans, which, uh, you know, I, of course, am, grew up on hip-hop, um, Nabate as well. Um, but I'm going I'm to hand it over to Nabate for the extra special intro. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, this gentleman is uh, one of the revolutionary MCs, uh, always been ahead of his time, and from South Southside, Jamaica, Queens, uh, grew up, came up in the early 90s where we had a major renaissance of leaders of new school, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, um, the whole Native Tongue movement, but this gentleman took it to another level with the group Organized Confusion, and then went on to a great solo career uh, with Rockus Records, uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary, actually, of Internal Affairs, his classic album this year, was celebrating that anniversary, and has made some great LPs uh, by the name of Desire, then War, W-A-R, like as an acronym, and then after that, uh, PTSD, Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. And he has been an influence to so many MCs, including Eminem, uh, and everything, and Eminem has definitely given him a shout-out, and a lot of other great MCs like Busta Rhymes has given him a shout-out, Common, Most Deaf, everybody. So I'd like to introduce here on Bros Pod, the great Feral Monch. Woo! Yes. What an intro. <laughs> I, told, I, told wow. I told you it was coming. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, sir. I feel really great right now in my skin. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Uh, yes, as you, you should. should. No Absolutely. Question. Absolutely. So... But yeah, first question, Farrell. Um, well, you know, you're such a major sports fan, and we're going to get into sports, of course, um, throughout the show. But wanted to ask you about you come from Southside, Jamaica, Queens. And Queens, I've always said, you know, Bronx may be the originators, but Queens are the perfectors of the craft. You know, with Run DMC and, and Tribe and, and Mob Deep, Nas. And then you have Long Island with. Leads a new school, public enemy, rock him, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, don't, don't leave Brooklyn. Uh, right, uh, Brooklyn's good, don't get me wrong, but but not like Queens, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but, Farrell, talk about growing up in the 80s when the rap culture was being built up and you had, you know, out of Queens, Run DMC, LL, and how that influenced you and who influenced you at that time. Um, For, for me, man, I, I think you're, you're spot on in that... Uh, Queens was always put in this perspective as, you know, the borough that was looked down upon. I remember even talking about hip hop in school, and heads would be like, "Like, you guys do hip hop in Queens? <laughs> like, I'm like, what are you talking about? This is wow. like post, you know, the the explosion of it. 
So I think <clears throat> we kind of felt that stigma a little bit with, you know, the KRS one jabs on the bridges over and these different mm. type of things. And uh, I've even heard Nas say this in interviews that like put an extra battery in everybody's back to kind of bring it to the table in that sense too, mm-hmm. as well as I, I think you know, contrary to what people n- may know. Queens was really rich in hip-hop culture. There were a lot of park jams, a lot of DJ crews who bought their equipment out. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first got my taste of hip-hop, like park jams, seeing somebody break dance for the first time. So mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to, to be ushered in culturally, not just uh, rapping and wanting to get a record deal, but you know, seeing how it was influencing the entire culture, uh, wardrobe-wise, clothes-wise, style-wise, b-boys, and not that whole thing, and I just had to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. How how did you get started, personally? Like, how old were you? When did you get started? Because really, you know, when you listen to you, you rhyme. It kind of it kind of seems like like you were born like to rap. You know what I'm saying? Like you just had, you know what I mean? It was like the cadence mm-hmm. and everything. So thank you. How early? Well, one of the, one of the things I think. That was a heavy influence. Uh, I was an art student. I went to art and design and studied there for four years. And I just equated all art the same. So when I left high school and I made the transition into hip-hop, you know, it was very visual rhymes and and very uh, Marvel comics. And, you know, we was rapping as inanimate objects and from different perspectives that people weren't really touching about, like from the perspective of the bullet or an unborn baby or, you know, we were taking on those type of challenges lyrically. But I I give a lot of credit to that, to just having a creative mindset uh, of an artist. So, yeah. And, and science, you know, I can hear in your first album, Organized Confusion, and also stress, mm. you know, the science, you mm. know, that I can tell you were influenced by that. And also, I remember you said about, about you know, when you your concept for an album is like a movie. Right. And and the guest artists are, the you know, like they're fi- fighting for a role, you know, right. they're, they're a role exactly. in that movie. So talk about how science and film kind of like influenced you as well because it's heard in your early works you know i do look at songs and then whole albums as episodes or scenes in a song and i i'm not opposed to going back to rewrite eight bars or four bars as i look at the 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 totality of the arrangement i'm like what can i lose in this verse or in this bar you know and it'll hit the cutting room floor just like a scene would in a film Mm -hmm. So you go back and you edit, and you want things to hit people in that manner correctly. It, I think it was like going back to South Jamaica for me in, in Organized Confusion in the early years, a perfect blend of nerds, comic book heads, mm-hmm. who enjoyed school and art class, but were in the midst of the hood, mm-hmm. you know, right where 50 and them grew up right in the mix of the the crack epidemic at that time, you know, we, we emerged as hip-hop artists knowing that we wanted to, you know, be true to who we were, express our love for Marvel, 
you know, in a song and <laughs> science, but also be true to where we were growing up and understand that we didn't have to be boxed into that. I think that's the true point that, that made organized confusion and kind of where the name comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get did you get pushback early on in terms of not being, you know, trying to, you know, push push the music into like, you know, intellectual level? Was there any pushback in terms of like uh, keeping it street or, or was the or was it all good? Not not really. We were we were dead set on going with what we knew because we knew we had to find our voice and biting was not allowed then. So, you know, we both were, were like, what are we, right. what do we embody that we don't hear from our peers who we respect? And, you know, we're definitely getting influence from Public Enemy and De La Soul, like you said, and there were a plethora of different sounds at the time. It wasn't just one mm-hmm. vibe of production in the 90s. It was, you know, N.W.A. over here, Public Enemy over there, Tribe, De La, Brand Nubians, Rakim, Kane. So, you know, in, in trying to find my voice, I'm like, man, I would like to have the diction of KRS-One with the vibrato of Chuck D., with the science of Rocket, you know, and, and blend, kind of blending all these things you know, together. Like yeah. yeah, You really thought yeah. about it like that? Yeah, it did. Wow. And that's, uh, like, as a jazz musician myself, that's how I thought about, right. like, for trumpet players. Right. Trumpet players with Kenny Dorm, Lee Morgan, right. Freddie, Woody Shaw, Louis um, Armstrong, like mm-hmm. that. So that's that's deep. Kind of, kind of like also when you see with quarterbacks, they show, like, oh, the mobility of, right. of Randall exactly. and the arm of Brett mm-hmm. Favre. Right. You know, like I was like, if I could build myself as that... Super MC, you know. <laughs> I might, I might have a job in this business for some time, you know. How'd you guys get put on organized confusion? Um, it wasn't this struggle that that you often hear. When when I graduated, I went to my parents, and I was like, ah, I know you want me to pursue this this commercial arts and graphics, but I really think I have a future and a music career. Mm-hmm. And I looked them. Stared him in the eye, gave him a stern look, and my pops was was like, yo, you have one year. I'm going to give you one year to turn this into something professional. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that summer, we landed, like, an independent contract. So I was at least able to go back to them and say, I have a record contract. Right. I'm yes. a pro, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't take long. Um, we We... What was the label back then? Sorry? What label was it? Hollywood Records, uh-huh. which was Hollywood Basic, which is owned by Disney. How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember working on the first demos and laying my first rhymes, taking them back to the house, putting the tape in the box and pressing play, and having uh, the wherewithal to be able to say, damn, this really sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that good yet. I'm not where I want to be. And I think it's something with being able to hear that without people telling you to work on your craft, you know, in, in a in a acute way to get where you want to be before you even let people hear or showcase your skills. It's funny what you said about perfecting your craft. I remember Fonte put out a tweet maybe like in the fall, talking about, wow, you know, we, 
we looked up to Rakim and Kane, and I was wondering, can I ever be that good? Right. And then now you listen to it, anybody could do it now. Right, right, <laughs> so right. how do you feel about that, where the quality is just is not, people are not being held to a high standard? You know, come to think about it, it it's always kind of been low-hanging fruit if you look outside of the spectrum of the the music that moves you, mm-hmm. I think uh, the industry always offers that on a reuse, reusable level of, of, you know, putting out music that is just not up to that high standard and cut from that same cloth as we would, the, the, the pedestal we would put Miles Davis on. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember jazz going through a period where it was just like, what is this elevator music that mm-hmm. I'm hearing? Yep. And um, in hip-hop, the same thing. But it always remained that um, artists stayed true to the form. It was just harder to find, and you got to search for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think during the 90s, uh, the artists that we mentioned, artists that we were talking about, they were pushed to the forefront. So it felt like a golden era of artists pushing the art form were getting their shine i.e. public enemy, tribe, so on and so forth. And now uh, that's not the case. But it's still like a lot of good work out there. You just got to dig for it like you did back in the days. So you think you think that's what it is? Because I was, you know, when I listened to 90s hip-hop, of course, I'm probably biased anyway because I grew up on it. But, you know, I even listen to it now. And just the lyricism, period, just the lyricism. I don't care what you were talking about. It was just, it seems like it was just a higher level of, you know, just a higher level of lyricism compared to now. And I'm trying, and I was thinking about it, like, like when, when does that ever, when does, when does stuff not get better? Like, mm-hmm. how, like what other, what other, I guess you said jazz, you know, maybe went through the same thing, but I'm, even in like athletics, like athleticism is better now, right. skill mm-hmm. is better now. Right. I'm like, what happened, what happened with hip hop? But you know, like you said, there are a few people out there, and maybe there are more. So is that it? Is it? Is it back in the '90s? I was trying. You know, I used to tape stuff off the radio, and you know, go to right. you know, right. like stretch, stretch, and by, go to other stations and tape stuff. Do I still? And now I'm too old. Like I ain't really trying want to try so hard to find new stuff. Is that is that the reason? Maybe. And then I think if you think about it too, uh, still at the the top tier in terms of commercial and selling. You have J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake. That's true. Who who really are insane with the bars, and they've managed to cut through. I just think uh, industry-wise, the focal point is put on a more simple base product because it could be redone, and they could just recycle these artists. When you when you take an artist like that, uh, God forbid something unfortunate happens. It's just easy to recycle that that style. Like you can't just find another J. Cole out of nowhere mm-hmm. or another Kendrick out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a mainstay. When you develop your craft to the level of a, a Kendrick, it, it it's always weird still in the industry, even though he's selling, because you can't replicate that type of talent. Right. And that's why they they push something that could just be reproduced very quickly. And I, I would say, even back in the day, like even in the in the nineties, I mean, all, people always used to say, 
oh, the radio, you know, we can't get on the radio, or the mm-hmm. radio's this, what, what's played on. So I guess it's probably the same now. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In, the, in the sense that, you know, we had to, uh, you know, prior to Mr. Magic and Red Alert mm-hmm. and those guys who were breaking records, you know, cats had to really work on their craft and skill set to differentiate themselves from everything that was happening. Right. So that pushed the art form to a higher level. And it's kind of like pockets of that happening now on the underground. Like I'm hearing, you know, certain artists, I can't think of so many names right now, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you'll notice and you'll hear something and you're like, this dude really had to take his time on this and work at his craft for it to sound this way. Well, and, and, and speaking of the 90s, like the end of the 90s, that's when organized confusion disbanded and you were on your solo career and did did you have a vision of what you wanted to do because eternal affairs was that vision was was there and then raucous that was such a time where i noticed you had most you know with black on both sides you know uh, uh reflection eternal mm-hmm. common with like water for chocolate the mm-hmm. roots mm-hmm. there was a there was a, a steady like revolutionary like antithesis to the the champagne bottles and right. all that stuff so talk about was that your vision to be able to push that antithesis <laughs> and or or it, did it just happen naturally for you um it's funny you know like i took a short hiatus I knew I definitely wanted to uh, have a sound different from what the organized sound was, so mm-hmm. I worked at it. And then when I when I finished like uh, shaping it up, I, I toured it in Europe, came back to New York, and was just looking for like the dopest, like what's happening, who's out right now. And uh, this is when I met Talib. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents had a bookstore in Brooklyn. And him and most used to do like little like shows in the bookstore for like That's, sixty yes. people. Bed style, right? Bed style. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Good I point. saw those cats, and um, you could feel uh, the energy and the craft, and, and the fact that they were working on these routines and arrangements. And Quali uh, was instrumental in saying to me, "Yo, like you would fit into this movement that's happening right now with this company that we're with. It's like." all like-minded folks, mm-hmm. you know, yourself and Common, who who they came up on, mm-hmm. and the roots, like you said, and, you know, cats just started collaborating and being around each other. And same thing like sports, you put most on a on a team with Kwali and Pharaoh and LP from Company Flows, yes. now with Run the Jewels. Shaban Shadik. And, yep. and cats are mingling around mm-hmm. and creating together. You're hearing stuff and you're like, oh, I better I better go home and, and, and <laughs> right. rewrite this damn thing, you know? And Sound Bombing was the result. 20th right. anniversary, too, of exactly. Sound Bombing. Yeah, exactly. two, Sound Bombing, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, it was genius in the fact that they were able to see raw talent mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, let's let's get these guys together and throw them on stage and put them in a danger room, so to speak, referencing X-Men, and let them work out and exercise and see what comes out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we're talking about it, uh, you know, now versus, versus then, but what, what do you think this, the state of hip-hop is now? Are you happy with it? Um, I, I'm not mad at... It, 
the way that I hear a lot of my contemporaries. Right. <laughs> there's, there's, like, just take uh, Migos, for example. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of uh, Migos records that I really enjoy. I think they're actually um, skillful. I don't know that. I don't know the names, but I know that two bougie? of them is that, really oh the names are group ill with the patterns. And the records are catchy. Some yeah. of it, I'm like, oh, this is a terrible song. Right. Mm-hmm. Most of the genre, like I said, is just done for the sheer sake of the 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 songs out sillying the other songs. Mm-hmm. It sounds like writers get in a room and how can we write a more ridiculous record <laughs> than the last mm-hmm. one? Um, but out of that, sometimes it comes. Uh, authenticity when I hear some people from different parts of America bring something original and authentic to the table, it still cuts through with me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm able to say, I feel this dude. Like I feel he's being honest mm-hmm. and I feel this record and I feel this beat. So I still search through it and listen to inspiration in that mm-hmm. as well. Like I'm not opposed to it mm-hmm. as well as, you know, I'm with uh, your old Drew, Griselda, like mm. super underground stuff mm. as well, where yep. cats are really putting it down on the bars. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to stay in that zone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, li- I like. So I like. I still listen to new stuff. I, I like a lot of it. I think for the most part, musically, that like the guys who who are you know basically on top musically. They're good. Like they're very good. Like like Future, I think, is very talented. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like most of his stuff. Like you said, um, Migos, they have some good stuff. Yeah. Musically, either beats, you know, the 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 flow. It's just in terms of I do wish sometime and but th- like you said, you still got J. Cole and Kendrick. You know, but I and I wish some of the mainstream was more, you know, was saying more substantive stuff, but maybe like you said, that's that's it's always the case, maybe. And and I want to ask you, how come, I think for really the elevation of the music, there needs, I noticed the generations, there's a lot of criticism from both ends, you know, with Offset saying stuff and Kodak Black saying things. Mm-hmm. And then the older artists saying things about, you know, do you think there should be more collaboration with like, say, a common and a common and Kodak Black or mm-hmm. something, you know, something like that where it, total opposite spectrums but it's for the sake of the music of like having older artists and younger artists being able to collaborate on things. Do you think that can really kind of save the music and kind of have an understanding, especially the younger generation having an understanding of what you cats brought to the table and, and put them on pretty much you right. know, with your I, artistry? I don't know about artistically those, <laughs> those mashups. <laughs> but, uh, I, I do think We've garnered enough wisdom to be able to reach out to these cats with cats with the technology that we have and mm-hmm. just be like, yo, I like I love you. Like I don't hate you. This mm-hmm. is this is what I want to communicate to you. This is how I see it. I think a wall was built between that generation mm-hmm. and this generation, and I can understand their frustration. What's the, because what even with organized wall? confusion, we we face that, you know. I think it's generational that the old school cats, when we were coming up, was mm-hmm. like, man, you guys don't know how to rock a party. And I'm like, 
I got your party. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't care about that. I'm a lyricist. Right. You know, and uh, I remember even when I was uh, working with Puff, and I was writing with, with him. And so you and, ghost wrote for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He, you know, he loved the the whole raucous era. But he would say to me, like, you guys ruined music with all the words and <laughs> syllables. Like, nobody can follow along. I'm like, ah, shut up. You know, <laughs> but it's always been that uh, kind of like, where where should we be in old school, new school thing? And how do you, I don't think it's a matter of passing the torch. I, I think that was told to us in our genre for some reason. And in, in the rock genre and other genres, you know, you have cats rocking now, touring right. now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Rolling Stones is about to go on another tour. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So Springsteen. Right. You know. <laughs> right. So you why know, not, none why of the not young artists are telling them like, stop making music so I could, you know, get in the game. I'm like, you know, that's a crazy concept. Right. Just uh, make music. So yeah, so I always wondered that too. Like, why not hip hop? Like, why is it that you know, other you know, other genres of music, no matter how old how old they get, they could stay they stay on that trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Like and there's still, you know, even the fan base, like people people like us, we grew up on we're the same age. Mm-hmm. So we were rocking with you when you were younger, we were younger. We're still gonna relate to the same to mm-hmm. what you have to say now. Right. But why is it that you don't really you know, you don't really like every, like Method Man, Red Man, people like that, how come how come they're still not on on top? Or how come you you know, how come the people we grew up with, the entire range of people, is still not at that level where we, you know, we're, we're hearing them every day and all that. And kind they of stuff. make great music continuously. They still right. make the music, yeah. but it's hard. Right. But yeah. why is it so? Why? Why? What's? Is it they're not getting the production help? Like what's what's going on? Well, it's kind of the same thing in the sense that, you know, when you're talking Stones, you're talking stadium mega hits, so they play those type of venues. Mm. Meth and Red are still bodying shows and selling out and touring and doing doing the venues that they 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 play. Uh, I know Method just dropped a new record. Mm-hmm. Red is working on something. I don't know if it's gonna work in the in the mix of what radio is doing mm-hmm. right. right now. And I'm I'm pretty much sure that they don't care that it does. Right. Like they have their fan base, and I I, I think. That's the trajectory you mm-hmm. should be on. For me, like my new project is like heavily rock influenced because I, I grew up on a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of musicality in yeah. it, super hard, super intense. Mm-hmm. I think you should, as you age in the game, you should do exactly the creativity that you want to mm-hmm. do and be honest still because I think hip-hop still respects honesty and you know as as jay makes the records like 444 and it's true to where he is in the moment Mm -hmm. you know we'll see a cultural change as those iconic artists get older and make those type of records that are not trying to acquiesce to what's happening right now it's interesting uh i mentioned um sound bombing too and there's an mc there's an mc by the name of eminem on that Album people forget about that mm-hmm. any man, and Eminem has had so much respect for what you've done. I, there were rumors about you being part of. Was that true that you were signed to Shady or there was uh, talks? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, what was happening was uh, 
Raucous was dissolving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My contract was kind of getting absorbed over there. And it was crazy because it was just like a label, you know, a few labels wanted to have me. But mm-hmm. I still had uh, contract issues right. with uh, Raucous and the Simon Says record and mm-hmm. different things were going on. So what I chose to do was work my contract situation out so I was completely free mm-hmm. instead of getting uh, absorbed mm-hmm. into another company situation and became a free agent, mm-hmm. which relates to sports again. Yeah. And I, I got out of my deal. And when I got out of my deal, I landed a publishing record. I was writing for Puff. I was on a Sony PlayStation tour. <laughs> And I wasn't sure that I was ever going to sign another record contract again. And I say that to say I was good with finances, Mm -hmm. and I was happy and touring with my best friends, Mostef and Talib Kweli, with $3 million tour buses, Mm -hmm. you know, funded by Sony. And I was just like, ah, record industry, who needs that? I'll just tour and spend my writing money. (laughs) And I remember uh, I had amassed so much music, and uh, Kwali's manager at the time pulled me aside and said, uh, you know, when you create this way from your spirit and emotionally, I don't know how much this music is yours. Mm-hmm. You, you have these fans, and it's, I don't know if it's personal for you like that. I think you're cheating your energy. Like mm-hmm. you need to share this music, and that's where the 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 the, the paradigm of of music was shifting into just being freer and being available online. That's right. And I was lucky enough as a '90s artist to kind of make that shift and that point mm-hmm. because he, you know he was like, you "Just give away some of the music," because you know we would play music on the tour bus, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "This is amazing." What are you doing with it? And I was like, ah, I'm chilling. I'm going to fly to Miami. Puff's flying me out. (laughs) But he was really like, this is unfair that you're holding on to this music. So you got to find a way to release it and get it out because it's not for you to, you know, if the universe uh, help you bring this to fruition, it's not for you to keep in your laptop. Mm -hmm. So I came back and I, you know, signed a deal and started the second portion of my solo career from the Internal Affairs album mm-hmm. on out. And it was like, I was able to adapt when the internet changed and social media changed and mm-hmm. kind of get on board with all those little things that you need to keep a, a career going now. Mm-hmm. Because even some of the A-list artists in general, like if you don't follow them on their social medias, you wouldn't even know that they have a project out mm-hmm. because they're not playing Usher on the radio anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this A-list <clears throat> artist that, you know, it's like, oh, really? You got a new album out? So when I hear that, it's not a negative thing. When I see people and they're like, yo, you putting me, when, you know, putting something out, I'm like, here's my social, you know, mm-hmm. here's my Instagram, here's my Facebook, because that's we are our own marketing tools mm-hmm. now. And so, unless you're getting green-lighted 
in a major, major situation, I think the ca- it's, it's hard for the casual music consumer to find you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm fortunate enough to have amassed a fan base that's continuing to grow because I'm doing work with Robert Glasper and Keon Harold, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm staying as active as possible doing things that I love, and it's happening to filter into different fan bases. And and speaking of those musicians, like now we have the merge of hip-hop and jazz, you know, just like you had in the 70s, 60s and 70s, rock and jazz and funk and jazz. So it seems that's the beautiful thing about the music of jazz because jazz is is the, that's the root of American music while the branches are all the other genres that came out of it. So how beautiful is it that it's organically coming together, jazz and hip-hop right now, and how you know, your musicality is able to fit with it perfectly? It's amazing, man. It's, it's, it's really uh, it's, it's great for, for my soul because this is what I grew up on. I, I grew up on Coltrane, Miles, and Weather Report, and Jaco Pastorius mm-hmm. and Fusion and all these things were in, in my household. I grew up on Sabbath and Zeppelin. And, you know, my older brother was in that room playing the rock. My pops is playing the jazz. So to see it merge has always been a, a, a beautiful thing. But in the hands of, like I said, these, these uh, great, like classically trained musicians, Terrence Martin, Marcus Strickland, uh, uh, Keon Harold, Robert Glasper, uh, Chris Daddy Dave, and to see them embrace the hip-hop community because they grew up on mm-hmm. hip-hop like yes, we all did in this age group is just insane. And some of the most insane uh, albums have been made as I go back and listen to uh, the last couple of releases, you know, with the likes of uh, Bilal and these type of brilliant singers. So the music is there for you. You just got to search a little bit for it. You know, mm-hmm. it's there. How, you know, working with these great artists, like how, how has it changed your artistry? You know, how, how have you evolved personally? Like, you know, whether it's the c- content of the lyrics or, or the, you know, the style it, it 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 still makes you push push yourself and want to push the envelope and work on things that you haven't explored yet in the likes of in the tradition of Miles and Coltrane and not just stay stagnant and i think that was one of the things that i enjoyed about hip hop from its very beginning from the break dancers would be like okay that's the move you did give me a week I'm gonna come back mm-hmm. and I'm gonna and I'm gonna elevate this, and it always felt like a constant elevation of uh, not just to be complicated, but to just push the art form, and that always feels natural and godly. And uh, you know, when a corporation comes and they want to squeeze it and box it, it just doesn't feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Back in 2010, I was covering a New Orleans Hornets game. I was just in New Orleans, and I ended up getting credentials to cover the game. The road team, I'm not going to say the road team, because, uh, you know, I like, I, I, want, I like to share stories, but I want to keep it to myself on who it was, you know. Um, but this cat, uh, he had his headphones on, 
And um, and he was bobbing his head. So, oh, what you like? Because I like to ask athletes mm-hmm. who they listen to. Right. And he was like, oh, I listen to 50 Cent. And I was like, well, you know, real South Side is, is uh, Farrell Monch. Check him out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay, all right. So I see him in Summer League, the same basketball player. I see him in Summer League last summer. And and we and I remember I was like because I saw him a couple of times in between those years, but I remember I was like, remember I remember I saw you in New Orleans and I said real south side mm-hmm. felt much. He was like, yeah, yeah, I check him out. I check him out regularly now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's dope. so so and he does music actually as well, you That's know. Dope. So what do you think about the athletes that are that are into music, you know, that are doing their thing with production or rhyming? And who do you like of athletes, you know, that are that are into it? Oh man, you you <laughs> blow up my spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't really, I haven't been really checking. I know from what I've checked last, mm-hmm. they, uh, Lillard yeah. was yep. the illest <clears throat> on the MC tip mm-hmm. that I've heard spit from from an MC perspective. But after like the Kobe debacle, I was like, I'm done, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with you. I was in debacle too. Who was the best? Uh, Athlete rapper and Nas Ghost wrote for him too, right? Yeah. And Nas did not know, but Nas had that check though. Shaq, Shaq was all right. Shaq, Shaq was entertaining. Was Shaq, yeah, yeah, with Sh- Yeah, Shaq was dope. Shaq is dope because he's just naturally entertaining. Right. And at the end of the day, you have to have that has to be a part of you touching a microphone mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Can't stop the rain with Biggie. That right. that track I still listen to. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> and Shaq had the well, Biggie mm-hmm. probably wrote the wrote the verse anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm not really up on the on the cats doing it mm-hmm. now. I would surmise that it's natural that everybody has equipment and mm-hmm. pro tools and That's right. you know now. You know, Chris Webber did two tracks for Nas. Okay. Actually, he did um, okay. Burnt, Blunt Ashes, which is on Hip Hop mm-hmm. is Dead. And that's a deep song, you know, just talking mm-hmm. about all the past mm-hmm. Motown artists and all the past black artists that, that were getting ripped off. And, <laughs> and then um, Remember the Times, too. So C-Web, yeah. you know, made some tracks. So. I remember uh, yeah. Alchemist called me up one time and he was working on a project, you know, with, with Mob. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. And, yeah. and Ron Artest was in the studio. Of course, you beat. <laughs> Alchemist said he played he played uh one of my tracks. They was just in the studio just vibing. They wasn't really working on anything. And mm-hmm. he said, Ron, I just was like, yo, what's this? Who's that? Oh, that's Pharaoh. And he said, Ron, I just was like, I want that. And the beat? Alchemist was like, it's his. <laughs> was was like, no I don't mer- care. I'll pay. <laughs> was it No Mercy? Was it No Mercy? Yeah. That track? Yep, that so, was that track. Yeah. So you took the money? You took, so, you took the money? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, no, no. It was I mean, on the, it was on the table. that type of athlete <laughs> money. It's like, what do you mean no? There's no no. <laughs> no, I'm glad you and MOP were on that track. That, yeah. That's what we needed to hear, <laughs> for sure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. So much going on. Speaking of athletes and basketball, the playoffs are just, whew, 
drama. You know, I mean, the Warriors losing Kevin Durant and then ended up sweeping the Portland Trailblazers. And then you have now Milwaukee and Toronto. By the time, you know, we're recording the show, they're 2-2, tied at 2-2. Mm, right. What is your take overall? What's really impressed you about this 2019 playoffs? As a basketball fan, a LeBron-less playoffs has turned out to be one of the most entertaining in mm-hmm. in recent memory. You know what I mean? I mean, what is going back to LeBron, what he did with Cleveland and put that team on his back, Yep, you had to give him his props, but... Uh, him being out of the playoffs, I just, I just think puts the focus on Giannis and uh, Kawhi and a lot of people who didn't have the spotlight before. Mm-hmm. And it's super competitive. The Warriors, it's just going to be very interesting in, in the next round to see if they could go, you know, all the way mm-hmm. without KD. But they're, they're just they're all around game plan and work ethic and defensive uh, assignments. It's just amazing to watch, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you make it's it the, a whole uh, Steph, Steph, I, I, Steph uh, versus Durant. Do you, think, do you think they're better with Steph? Do you think, you know, it's all of a sudden Steph's team was – what do you make of that dynamic? Um, they're a better they're, – they're an overall better team. With Durant, obviously. Mm-hmm. In, in a scheme, you could still move the players and the players can move without the ball and you, everybody could still touch the ball. But in a fourth quarter situation where it breaks down to a half-court game, how could you not be better with Kevin Durant? Mm-hmm. Right? When you could just, it, it's 10 seconds on the clock and you could just to defer to Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, but basketball... Watching the game of basketball, it's obvious that the ball moves more without him on the floor. Because even though he's not a ball stopper, mm-hmm. there's no one to really stop the ball, so it spreads the floor so lovely. So you're seeing even, uh, uh, what's his face, the power forward? Draymond. Draymond, yeah. Just, and he lost 20 pounds in the seat. He's looking yeah. nimble and quick. Opens the yeah. floor up from him mm-hmm. to, to take the ball coast to coast or drive in. It's just more motion. If you're mm-hmm. a basketball fan, you have to enjoy watching this team play basketball. You know, right? Portland series was beautiful in that. You want Lillard to go at Steph mm-hmm. to tire him out on the other end. Yes, but then he's chasing him around the basketball court, <laughs> so you know right. he's getting tired. That's right. So it was, it was just amazing basketball to watch, and I'm sure they learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they said they did. It's, it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see where they go. But they just got the right combination of players with the proper mentality mm-hmm. for the style that they play. So if you had to call it now, we know, we know Golden State's in the final. We don't know between Toronto and uh, and uh, Milwaukee, they play game five tonight. But if you had to call it now, who, who's taking it all? you you got to go with Golden State because mm-hmm. the math just says – over the course of four quarters, they're able to shoot a better percentage than you from three more consistently, mm-hmm. and they should be at the end of the game at the end of the game. And then at the end of the game, they still got three players who don't mind taking that shot. And if, if Iggy is healthy, you know, 
he's a Finals MVP. That's right. That's yeah. right. Defense, the defensive catalyst. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's interesting. This ain't Demarcus Cousins is healthier is is closer than Kevin Durant. Right. Do you th- like what like what element can Boogie add? Because that can help against Milwaukee or Toronto. Because Toronto has size with Ibaka and Gasol, and Milwaukee has Brook Lopez. You know. So, yeah. what do you think of Cousins coming back? Can he really provide a boost? If Cousins come back, he 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 gives them some help against Milwaukee because they have the length. Mm-hmm. So he gives them that type of help. Uh, I think Milwaukee would be a a harder challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Than uh, Toronto will just in terms of the matchup because they're just so long. So uh, I think Cousins will get some playing time in that situation. Not a lot. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, right. but uh, which is another thing. I don't mean to ride this Golden State team, but Kerr seems to play even when he he has healthy players. He seems to go deeper into the bench mm-hmm. than most coaches throughout the year and in the playoffs, which, yeah. you know, kind of keeps the players fresher as well that I noticed. Because you could see that Kawhi is spent. Yeah. And uh, Giannis was spent the other night as well. Mm-hmm. And you, we haven't seen him look like that all season long. And now Kawhi Leonard, what was your impression of Kawhi before he joined Toronto? Because people saying he was, I was not that person. I always thought he was a great player. Mm. But people were talking about system guy. Even mm. Durant, right. remember on Twitter when right. Durant had a thing with the fan, the fan was like, Paul George, uh, with Kawhi Leonard, and, and, and Durant was like, no, what? Paul George is better. <laughs> you know? right, like, right, right. So I remember that. Your, That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what is your um, impression of uh, Leonard? Like now and what, how he's... He, he's amazing, man. Mm. You know, and when you when you when you talk about the, these nuances with the players, when you talk about on both sides of the floor defense and offense, mm-hmm. then he raises into the top mm-hmm. five, four. That's right. Players. That's right. You know, so it depends no on what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. It depends no. on what you're talking about <laughs> when you start ranking the players. Any of these guys would be nice on the Knicks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> speaking of the Knicks, like you feel that free happening? agency, free agency. What's your you take believe? You it? believe the hype? Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi is not dealing with the New right, York yeah. City. I don't see it. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. You believe the KD rumors? Yeah, <sighs> KD. It's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like, okay, he's going to decide. Everybody decides at the end of the season, but uh, I think it's possible that 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 KD could deal with. And wouldn't be uh, turned off by the pressure of the media here. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. That and the owner. Mm-hmm. You know the history. Like I don't know if I was a young dude, if I would, if I could do it. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you know that's the mainstay. If you win a oh championship in New York City, <laughs> yeah. oh, forget it! My it's God, always... there will be statues that That's year. Right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Like That's Mark Mess, like Mark Messier, yeah. with the Rays. He's. That's the thing like, too. If he really cares about being, you know, you know, reaching LeBron level status, mm-hmm. you only need to win one in New York. That's right. Oh, you just because we'll carry, we'll carry you the rest mm-hmm. of the way. Yes, I'm. I'm still like, you know, uh, I'm arguing with. Cowboys fans now, I'm still riding high off beating the Patriots as a Giants fan. Twice. Twice. <laughs> I'm so, gonna ride that to the to the to the end of time. So with the Giants now though? Like what's going on? Come on, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Do we have to? 
at like the culture. <laughs> they want to change the culture. No Odell, no Olivia Vernon, that no Odell. Landon Collins, no uh, who else did they get rid of? Oh, Snacks, Damon Harrison. The culture change. Very, hmm. very weird. Mm-hmm. Very weird that it, it makes you think about those, those questionable things that you don't want to think about in terms of, you know, why would you do that in terms of where the future of the team is going, even, even the draft. But with yes. Odell, personally, you know, I've just never seen a wide receiver affect a team in a, in a Super Bowl manner. So when it got contentious, I was always like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I know you're the, one of the best players in the NFL, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. But if it's affecting the team, I can let you go. My issue with the Giants, they let the best receiver go. What did they get, a 17? 17 overall. Right. It's just right. and Jabril, none of the, Jabril Peppers none and- of the, the moves – made any logical football sense mm. to me besides we want to quiet the room and we want to change the culture. Okay, so, like, just can we get some compensation or some players <laughs> back? And it's dead money, too. $16 right. million yeah. dead in the cap. That's what made it bad. It's like, if they, weird. That's if they what waited makes me next say, year. use the word weird. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, yeah. No, I mean, to me... Like, that's interesting that you were saying that you don't mind them giving him up. You just wanted to get something for him. Right. But, I mean, you know, that's a that's a sick talent. And then Landon Collins, nothing. They didn't even sign him to the franchise tag, which could have got them a third-round pick. Why, uh, you know, even at the quarterback position, I'm just, just like. about to say, Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. I'm the first one. I'm, I'm still shouting from the rafters about <laughs> our, our Super Bowl wins. I mm. love Eli, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's a rap, right? And if it's not a rap now, you know it's a rap. So what? What plans? Like if you had this pick, you know, like just weird. Well, they picked a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> just weird, man. I'm like, who? What? Right. Like I don't get it. It's gonna be. I want to see what if Haskins does his thing next oh, year man. for Washington. And this kid, I have a this weird kid, feeling uh, he is. With Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, here from Duke. Uh-huh. Which and then and then of all places to have that pressure on you, right? Yeah. Of all places to be like a, a surprise number one pick, and now all these eyes are gonna mm-hmm. be on you in like in New York to do that to a kid and bring this kid mm-hmm. who wasn't supposed to be picked there. And now New York City, where you're gonna have Ooh. for a giant practice, how many eyes are gonna be on this dude That's every right. day? That's right. And and it's so funny, speaking of Eli. He put that pressure on himself when he said, I'm not playing in San Diego. And he, he, said, but, and he said, I'm coming to New York. And, and he, then that he was seen as that diva, that yeah. man of diva, but he came through. But he, you know? he had the pedigree. He was ready for that. He was, he, mm-hmm. People knew he was a top you know, one, two pick That's at right. The time. He was. Yeah, he, yeah. Was a, he was a Manning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but this kid, he was probably surprised himself to go, <laughs> to go with Isaac. <laughs> he, he looked surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen, like, even Tom Brady moves in the pocket and extends plays. Like, I just don't get that with, with where we're going with Eli right now. Yeah, right. Like, your line has to be impenetrable to just <laughs> right. for, for five seconds. Right. Like, like, who has that? Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, no, nah, not, not in today's day and age. Right. I mean, it's, it, you get within two yards of Eli, he's going down. 
Yeah, period. And, right, exactly. And then and then in speaking of those Super Bowl teams, you know, Jerry Reese drafted that 2017 and he, Jerry Reese was GM in 2011. So Jerry Reese, I'm just I mean, saying now I, now you you got Everything say. I hear is he was just the worst GM ever. That's all I hear. That's all I hear. Well, I'm not yeah, a giant fan. Yeah, so. yeah right. <laughs> but it's so so weird compared to what's going on now, you know, it's like just at least he had a plan. At least, you know, so it's, um, like, it's like hold my beer, <laughs> you know but uh, but Pharaoh, name your favorite athletes, the athletes that you know, because you you've watched sports for so many years. Those, those athletes that really resonate with you, you know, because we all have those cats. All right, so for the Knicks, that would be Bernard King. Mm-hmm, yes. For the Giants, that would obviously be LT. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for the Mets, that would probably be it's so many, so many Mets. Carter, Hernandez, Gooden, Strawberry, Strawberry, the whole 86 squad. Piazza, too? Piazza. (laughs) Piazza. I I still got my Piazza bobblehead doll, like, (laughs) in the living room right now. So the the Mets, the, the, the Mets... They're my heart, man. So this yeah, is the same here. It's the same worst. here. Yep. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. Oh. It's funny. I always talk about this. You know. You know. I've always been a. I grew up a Mets, Knicks, Jets fan, right? The Knicks. The Knicks have and the Jets have been waning. Like I'm really. I'm, I still root for them a little bit, but I'm like whatever. The Mets. Yeah. I'm still. I'm for some reason. I'm still a diehard Mets fan. Yeah. Maybe because they won for me. In '86, I remember it. That's right. That maybe that, it has to be that. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. the other teams didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. And at least they made the World Series a couple right. of years. And you know, 2000. Decent. And, and but what's then up? So, so every year I get hype. I was hyped last year with the Mets. Where they then they started like 10 and one or something. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> then they were just terrible holes. I didn't go. I don't think I went to one Met game oh. last year for the first time in a long time. Because I was like, once they started falling off, oh, I was like, I'm gonna wait for them to win. They never did. Then this year. <laughs> I was trying to keep it on. I was trying to keep it on low and act like I wasn't gonna get hype. <laughs> right. But I was a little hype, you know. The new GM, um, Brody. Yeah. yeah, Brody doing some things, and now same I, old stuff going on. I wanted except them. they have won like three or four straight. Yeah. recently. I wanted them to trade uh, Degrom. Mm. You know, because I felt like we need bats in right. our farm system right. and to bring. You know, just build the farm system because you're gonna be mediocre with great with the great pitching they have, and those I guys like can't stay healthy, right, Farrell? You know, Man, or be uh, consistent. My know. best friend took me to a game. Great seats right behind home plate. Yeah, <laughs> Wheeler pitched. He was in the high nineties. Mm. Hit a hundred a couple of times. Struck out eleven. And you get all excited and you get hype, and then it's just the same old thing. <laughs> Every year, same old thing. <laughs> same old news. Like who? Like Cespedes. Oh, you know, wow. any true oh. Mets fan is like, oh, with this lineup, when Cespedes comes back. He's gonna, they're going to stick him in the middle of the lineup. He's going to be able to protect Pete Alonzo. And mm-hmm. he and steps in a hole, and he shatters his ankle in two <laughs> places. So it's a wrap, is it a wrap this season? must be, right? Has yeah, be. it's over. Yeah, He's not coming back. Ever. ever. I think ever. <laughs> it's yeah, a yeah. wrap. He's right. not coming back. Right. Because so. I wonder if he has one more year in his contract, right? Yeah. yeah After so they'll, this. They'll probably it's, it's just over. buy him out. Yeah. So the Mets, the Mets won today. They they beat the Nationals six four. I think that's like three or four straight. Yeah. So they 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 inching back up to five hundred. Mm-hmm. You you you're not believing it? You don't think you don't think they could get a wild card or something? My, my last Mets tweet, <laughs> I added like the Mets themselves, seven line, like eight other Mets fans that I know on Twitter, and I was like, I'm out. Call me when it's the right. miracle happens. That's right. 
I remember you said Are there any other Mets fans Who are tormented so much That you feel like it's your fault <laughs> Yes I felt that And maybe you should start watching For a few weeks So the curse can be lifted Jesus Christ Yes I felt that way yeah, I know. Oh, Anyway this is depressing um, So let's get Erin in here We're going we're gonna to get uh, her uh, trip and check Hi guys how are you What's going on? How are you? Hey. Good. It's it's warm, mm-hmm. so I'm happy. I was complaining earlier about the subway and how it's winter now, and you have to have a winter coat when you're riding. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, so this is Trip and Check, where I ask, are they tripping or not? Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about fan behavior today, because I don't know if you guys heard Game 4, um, Raptors and the Bucks, <laughs> and Drake... <laughs> Uh-huh. was doing a lot from uh-huh. on the court, uh-huh. on the court. He was laughing every time Giannis, he was trolling Giannis, laughing when he missed free throws. He was doing, I think, like the, like when you, an umpire does like the batters up and you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he like apparently at one point rubbed the shoulders of the Oh, game, yeah, big nurse. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I don't know that he has gotten reprimanded, like from, you know, anybody in the NBA, but I know that the coach of the Bucks was like, you know, there's a reason we have boundaries. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, Giannis's former agent said that it was so disrespectful, he's never uh, seen anything like it, that he, he, it was in a tweet and then he deleted it, um, but Drake just responded by, with emojis. He did, what On you Instagram. <laughs> but he also was, he did a video where he liked um, a fan basically saying, um, hold on, I can read it, um, Basically, like if you if you don't um, if you don't want me to stand up, then do your job and beat us. Yeah, <laughs> right. especially like if I you won't want... celebrate, which I kind exactly. of agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, I'm just wondering, did he go too far? Is he tripping, or is it okay? And he's just a really zealous fan. Well, at first, the first thing you said was, and I've heard other people say this that he was on the court. Uh, was he on the court? He was on the court. It was a little. He's walking. I mean, I saw he gave he gave. Uh, uh, nurse the the shoulder rub. Right. Yeah, because the seat is like a right trap, near the bed. I've never, seen, massage. <laughs> I never <laughs> seen anybody do that before. I've never seen Spike Lee doing you know anything crazy. So that was, you know, I thought it was funny. Because Spike's on the other side, at, though, where he yeah, sits. Yeah, true. You know, I looked so. at Nurse like, if anything, the coach is supposed to be like, yo, chill. But, you know, it's Drake, so I guess he can't, <laughs> <laughs> he can't say nothing, maybe. Well, you guys remember back in 95 in um, Spike Lee and Reggie Miller. Yeah, and it was that's the opposite. Right. And that's Reggie was like grabbing his crotch. But they didn't touch each other. They didn't touch right. each other. <laughs> I was right. like, is that okay? And I don't, I mean. That was fine too. And I mean, John Stark saved Spike Lee in that game six in 94. He saved Spike. Cause Sp- and Spike, give him props. He went to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He went there yeah, in, that's in, the in, in, in the. Now, will Drake, you, what do you think, Farrell? You think no, Drake will go to Milwaukee? Suit? No. In that game, <laughs> watching on TV, they had a little cutout section of, of where the reporter's desk is that mm-hmm. they kind of made especially for him and like three other people to sit there so <laughs> it's weird where the half court line is and where the boundaries are so I, I was watching on TV like you know as a hip hop dude and as a Knicks fan I was like go sit down somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like man if I had you know those seats and the Knicks were winning. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Who were you rooting for in that game, though? Sorry? Who were you rooting for in that, in that particular game? Oh, in that game? particular game? Or did uh, you care? Pick them. Uh-huh. Pick them, uh-huh. yeah. So it's, yeah. It's just good basketball. I like Kawhi, and, and I got a lot of uh, 
people up in, in T-Dot. So mm-hmm. if they win, I'll, I'll be happy for, for that squad as well. But um, just to give Golden State, State a little run for their money, I'm kind of hoping that Milwaukee wins. It looks like they'll they'll play better against Golden State. I can mm-hmm. see that. I mean, as far as far as whether Drake is, you said if Drake was tripping, yeah, is is he like doing too much? I'll, I'll let Nabate go. I think Drake, like I said, Drake should go to Milwaukee. You know, and 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 be, and I'm sure he can have fun because they the fans will go at him because right. that Milwaukee, the new mecca. That's I mean, that, those fans are rabid now. Of course, with Milwaukee having the best record and having a chance to make the NBA Finals for the first time since '71. You know, so it's that Drake should go there, and especially if it's a game seven, right? right? For, like if it's a game seven in Milwaukee. Right. Then so Drake, yeah, exactly, and and will Kawhi have Drake's back like Starks had uh, a Spike Lee's back? You know? right. <laughs> well, Starks, he, then he let us down in, in the finals. Don't forget. Well, no, but he he got us to that game <laughs> he, seven. He did. I'm just saying, know, in the next round, he, he got us because yeah, <laughs> no, I mean he got us to that game seven, uh, and uh, no, they no the Knicks lost, but he uh, almost they almost won. You know, with Hakeem with the block, unfortunately. That game recently where Kerr sat uh, sat down, Steph. We had the terrible first half. Mm. It reminded me of the Starks game. I'm like, if you could sit Steph Curry. True. <laughs> you could have right. sat John Starks. Mm. Rolando. <sighs> Rolando. And, and, and Pat Riley, he's, he's said to this day that he regretted not putting Rolando in to see what he could do. Mm. You know, it's a Rolando yes. Blackman. Just for Brooklyn. 20 seconds, man. Just sit him down <laughs> just for 20 seconds. <laughs> terrible memories. Yeah. Well, I just want to add, if if the Raptors don't win, I just wonder what happens at the next Drake concert. Like, what is Yadis gonna do? He <laughs> <laughs> better show. Up. A, I don't think he's true. I don't. I, I don't. You know, I don't care. I mean, it was entertainment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. entertainment to me. Um, I think all the backlash is like corny. Like, like really, the Milwaukee uh, Budenholzer is gonna talk about it. Like, yeah. really? I mean, we you lost. He's he's hurt. He lost. You can't, you can't be up there. You should talk, be worried about game. that Drake is is cheering, like, making adjustments in game five. And, Gian, and same about. thing with Giannis's agent or whoever who said something. I mean, that, that's what fans do. They want you to miss their free throw. They're gonna taunt you. That's what that's what happens. Like, come on, man. You can't be serious. But I don't. But I don't. I don't think Drake. I don't, do I'm not giving Drake credit. He's not real like that. He ain't going to Milwaukee. Do I don't think, think he's real like that. Really? He's not. He's no Spike Lee. But do you think <laughs> affecting the game? Like, do you think he's getting to Giannis no, at all? Maybe a little bit. No. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, <laughs> I, I found the, the the Instagram tweet. I just want to read it real quick. So, if you don't want the opposing team to celebrate and dance, prevent them from scoring, winning, or achieving their objective. Get over it and keep moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, to the KIM, keep it moving. <laughs> I, I don't think he's tripping, but I think he should stay off the court. I, I don't. I didn't see him. I didn't technically. I mean, on the court would be like uh, he stepped over the line onto oh, the I court. See. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he was over the line, but he was like yeah. walking. Yeah, he, he like, went. By, yeah, he, he did some shit I'd never seen before, <laughs> which was which yeah. was uh, give dude a, a shoulder rub. Yeah. I never seen anything. Let like me tell you, the '97 Knicks or the '07 Suns should be getting upset <laughs> because they they barely stepped. Patrick Ewing barely suspended. stepped on the line, and and Amari Stoudemire barely stepped. You know, come on. <laughs> you know, like well, <laughs> said, he didn't even feel it. Like he said, yeah, he. Okay. I was like, oh, really? That made, I have a lot of questions. But he said he saw a picture of it. And then. All right, well. No, no, Pharaoh, one as Simon says, when Simon says comes on in the arena, because I know you've heard it in many arenas, I know that's, that's super amazing. <laughs> 
I called my mom like, Mom, turn to the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So did you hear about the Harriet Tubman delay? Yeah, we did. That yep. uh, <sighs> our yep. President Trump is, oh, it God. pretty much is not, her, Harriet Tubman's face is not going to be a $20 bill until after he leaves office. So 2026, <laughs> so we probably won't even be in circulation until 2028. And he just seems to have a real, he, you know, he said he, Praised Tubman. He didn't. He praised her. Right. But, it, uh, <laughs> but he said he really. It's really rough. Like that. She that to take someone off the twenty dollar bill and maybe we should put her on the two dollar bill, which is not. Wait, which is not used. So what's the story? So because I did, see, I saw the, the headline, right? Yeah. That they were, were going to push it back. So he's he basically said, "I'm not doing. We got to wait. You got to wait for the next no uh, president." So it's unclear who is pushing this, but he is like, Obama had said it was going to happen in 2020 and it is not happening. Mnuchin okay. came on, his secretary mm. of treasury, and was like, it's not happening. I think it's for the best. Like, the, I don't want him to, like, you know I mean? I think Should he would be. ruin it anyway. Like, I'd rather wait till the next person to put her on. Like, I, just stay, you know, I don't, I, don't, I can't even talk bill? about Are this Are you going to bring back the $2 bill? Like, what? <laughs> wow. But I'm happy, I'm, you would think about her being on the, on the $20 bill. I'm happy, I'm happy for that. In general, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. You know? Agreed. And I agree with you on wait to the next administration. So, dude, don't even get any credit yeah. at all. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. The thing about and Trump, at least he keeps say, it real. I did. I did something for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like God. Trump is really into Andrew Jackson. Like oh, oddly, please. like I think he really sees himself. Stop it. And I, oh, wow. Uh, you think he knows who Andrew Jackson is? <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> so I don't know, but I I do think it is an in- interesting. I mean, Trump is not the first person to. I mean, if he is kind of feeling weird about making her the twenty dollar bill, he's not the first. Um, and I think when it first was announced, I think some people were like, well, how are you going to take off a president off the twenty dollar bill? So I guess it's. I mean. When do you change somebody's face? I don't know, but I think it, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, do you have to totally? Are we never going to see Andrew Jackson's face ever? Can we just like mix it up? Mix it up. I'm yeah. all for mixing it up. Yeah, it's, you know, like they're doing with the quarter. You know, mixing up the different looks they and are. stuff. Yeah, well, different uh, looks in general, like with quarters and stuff like that. So you know, with different states. It's yeah. hard not to look at this like you just don't like black people, right? Or black mm-hmm. women, like we know this. Really hard, like yeah, we know yeah. this. We know he doesn't like black people. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. At this, you know what I mean, like, and and then women, what's going on with that? You know, that whole thing. It's like reverse. It's like one eighty almost happening. You know, and and Farrah, what do you think about that? Like how society in general is, we're supposed to progress as society, but there's no <laughs> progression. It's like literally, it's not even at a stop. It's like reverse. You know, like what what is? Yes, what's, <laughs> geez, what is it not to talk about? <laughs> And and uh, obviously, it's always existed. Maybe this administration brings forth the division in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. But uh, yeah, country's mm. pretty divided, mm. uh, and um, it it harkens back. Like even with the uh, the 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 bill that was just passed in Alabama. With, with whichever way you stand on that, it just has a way of uh, messing with you morally and feeling like uh, you don't have a right to decide for yourself. So he's, even as a man, it bothers me emotionally that uh, 
you can impose your religion or thoughts on someone like that. It just doesn't feel constitutionally correct. Right. And so it harkens back to yesteryear where we were having these issues with the South and the North and so on and so forth. It feels kind of like there's been no progression. Wow. Yeah, it's almost like that's yeah, it's almost like that's the goal. Like they wanted to bring they want or certain people want to bring it back to that level, you know, like but Make uh, America great again. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> what it, I mean, yeah, he's doing that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Trump's gonna he, he is who he is. It's no surprise, right? I'd have been shocked if he put Harriet Tubman on the on the Twitter. Like if it happened in his during his presidency, I would be shocked. Right. So, you know, whatever. I mean, the next president can do it. That's fine. Wow. You know. But um, he's definitely tripping. He stays. He stays tripping. Yeah, I agree. He stays tripping. So, so that's a, you don't have, you don't have to ask that question if if Trump is tripping or not. Like, Always. Wow. But, and it's um, an Obama, you know, policy or you know, yeah, yeah. Anything Obama did, yeah, he's, he's trying, trying to reverse to, anyway. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. So it's, we used to this. But um, but Pharaoh, um, you have a great concert coming up next month in June. Tell the audience about it. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I, I just started uh, rehearsing a lot of those songs from Internal Affairs, the 20th anniversary of that album. Mm. Summer Stage Concert in Brooklyn is free. Uh, hopefully it's a beautiful day and everybody can come out. But um, what's even more exciting is I spoke to my people's Talib Kweli, mm. and he's coming through to do the song that we have together. The Light. And a couple of other... Of his other songs or whatever. I mean, truth, truth, My right? Bad. Truth, yeah, truth. And uh, Prince Poe from Organized Confusion is coming. Nice. And a lot of other A-list people that they won't allow me to say their names wow. or put them on the flyer. Wow, are coming. Oh, so you heard it here. Guess wow. who they are? Yes. you heard it here. Is Wait, MOP is... MOP coming? Because it's Brooklyn and Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, Prospect Park? Uh, I forget the name of the park. Uh -huh. uh, let me try to pull up the flyer. Because I've been to a few concerts out there during the summer, uh, past few years. And it'll be June 7th, right? Friday, June 7th? June 20th. June, June, June 20th. 20th. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a must. And uh, yeah, man, just going over those old songs and knowing that uh, it's going to be some cool guest appearances, it should be dope. Just praying for good weather. Right. All right. Yes. June, June 20th, Brooklyn. Did you pull that up? In terms it of where this going to be at... Von King Park. Yep. Von, Von King, King Park. Park. Yeah. Von King Park. Six seventy Lafayette Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Seven to nine p.m. Yes, sir. Twentieth. Yes, All right. Sir. Good stuff. I'll, I'll make sure I'm there for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. That's great. And Do I'll you know be there. Yes. Free. Oh, it's free. What? Summer yeah. stage. Say that Brooklyn, again. baby. Everybody loves that price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> and over on Lafayette, it's gonna be crazy over there. So, good stuff. Get there uh, early too yeah. to get it. In front, you know, like that's, it's going to pack up. Yeah, Quick. June twentieth. Um, that's a wrap for us. Um, been a great, another great show, great podcast. Uh, thank Farrell Mons for joining us. Yes. The legendary thank you guys for having Mons. me yes. and allowing me to talk my Mets and my Knicks and my <laughs> Giants and my hip hop. Yes. Hopefully, it's put some good energy in the air. Hopefully, through the airwaves for the Mets. Let's go Mets. Yes, that's, let's that's go Mets. Right. Let's go Knicks free agency. So we can have more to talk about. Let's go Giants uh, to winning maybe eight games. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So that's a wrap for us. Definitely, as always, check us out. Uh, you know, uh, like 
and give us the five stars and rate us on iTunes, uh, Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, you know, leave comments, let us know what you think, what you want in the future, and all that good stuff. Check us out on Twitter at Bros Pod. Uh, check Farrell Monch out on Twitter. What's, what's your Twitter handle? Farrell Monch on all platforms mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So just Farrell Monch. Check me out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, we're out. All right. Right. Peace. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.